It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to another special edition of Why Blank Lost as we discuss episode five of Survivor China and Aaron's fall from leadership to being voted out. I'm David Bloomberg and with me, of course, in this RHAP off-season journey through time is my co-host, Jessica Lewis. Hello again, and thank you everyone for coming back and following through this journey through time with us. I was very excited to actually go back to Survivor China because really this has got to be, I think, one of the most beautiful Survivor seasons ever. The culture that we got to see, just incredible landscape, everything about it is just really breathtaking. So it was really nice to go back and visit. Plus there's pandas, so that was really great too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are so many. It's interesting because there are so many different memorable players from the season. Yes, there really are. You know, and and I, I just didn't it. I didn't put that together until mm-hmm. I started watching and I was like, oh, there and, and there's and there's right. and there's and yes. It was um, a great cast and really memorable people for sure. But it is interesting when you go back and you do start remembering like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, this was now this person. And, yeah, you really start putting it all back together again. So it's nice to revisit and then remember. So and watching it with a different eye this time, you know, not yes. just as a viewer, but now I get to study right. them. Right. Like, OK, we're going to watch this guy from the very beginning and see what happens here. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of fun knowing who's going to get voted out because right. then you can really pay attention to that person the most. Yeah, but I didn't know. I didn't remember like the other people who are going to be voted out. Mm, in particular. I know. Yeah. So, um, so but uh, when when Rob and Josh mentioned last week that we'd be covering this episode, they said it was a situation where Aaron was completely swap screwed. Uh, they also discussed on this week's Wiggle Room that they pointed to it in the evolution of strategy as a situation where he just couldn't have done anything. Well, as I mentioned last week, I very rarely support the claim that someone was completely swap screwed or twist screwed. So we'll see what I think about this one. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, spoiler. No. <laughs> um, but uh I, I, I did find it very interesting that PG herself said on the wiggle room this week that she doesn't believe in being swap screwed because there are ways to get yourself out of it. I was listening to that and I was like, you go, PG, you tell them. <laughs> um, and I sent her a direct message about that, too. But, wow. uh, you know, we'll discuss that once we get into the rules. Uh, but I do want to mention that I believe, Jessica, one of the two people on this podcast uh, were in a situation where they were swapped into a two, three minority. Mm, yes, I was. And <laughs> it is one of those moments where you have to assess the situation and look at who you were swapped with and make very quick determinations. And I tell you, I made the determination regarding Adam as soon as we were standing there together and got on the boat and I could not, I was like trying to infiltrate his brain on the boat back to our camp and trying to get him to understand you have to work with me. (laughs) You have to work with me. And it ended up working. uh, Not my infiltrate in his brain, but he felt the same way. (laughs) So (laughs) maybe I do have some special power, but yeah. So I do think that there are chances that you can, try to work with the situation in which you are given, but it depends on so many circumstances. And I happened to get lucky that Adam and Biggie were not necessarily uh, in the best place together because a lot of people on the other tribe were already gunning for Figgy. So he didn't think that she would necessarily be the best 
person for him. So it depends on so many things. So many things. Yeah. I mean, you were even swapped into a tribe with a showmance going on, similar mm-hmm. to Jamie and Eric. Although I'm I'm pretty sure Taylor wasn't a virgin. I'm not going to talk about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> They listen, there was so many weird things happening. I don't know. They almost got married. There's just way too much stuff. There was a lot of boundaries being crossed. So I'll stay out of Figgy. Jamie and, and Eric actually, yeah. Jamie and Eric actually did get married. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were. Uh, um, yeah, PG was talking about it. Are they still they were, together? I think so. <gasps> oh, that's yeah. amazing. I know. I never. Oh. I didn't. Well, so, good for them. That yeah. I do have to say, though, that moment when he shared that information with her, yeah. it was kind of like just like boom. <laughs> I mean, is that, yeah, is that what you do on a date? You know, you're introducing yourself to a woman. Hi, how are you? Oh, uh, you know, I kind of like you. I'm a virgin. I, uh, you know, I was like, just, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why bother? Yeah. You know? No, it was, but it was interesting because her reaction to it was, "I feel like I can trust him even more now." Right, right. And I was like, "Well, that's an interesting twist to put on it." So, yeah. again, there's a, there was a lot happening on on my tribe. Apparently, there's a lot happening on this tribe. But when it comes to showmances, obviously that can cause some issues for people, mm-hmm. and it can it can create some havoc in the game. So, I wouldn't suggest it. But clearly, it worked out. Yeah, occasionally me and Eric. Yeah, good for yeah. them. Yeah. Now, as I look back uh, at my old articles after I watched the five episodes, I think I saw more of Aaron's problems this time than I did back then. Maybe because I'm looking at it through a slightly different lens with more mm. years of experience. I think you're um, looking for his problems because you want to be able to support your argument that he wasn't swap screwed. Oh, I there's already plenty of support, as you'll hear. It, you <laughs> I'm know. sure. I'm sure we're going to hear all about it. Oh, yes. Um, and I, I want to remind you of something, too, when we do hear about it. Oh, uh, <laughs> but it's highly unlikely. It's a good shirt. Yes, yes. And then, there's someone in your life who's a really good gift giver. Yes, I, they are. I, I know who that person is, but yeah. geez. That person really knows how to pick gifts for me. (laughs) So just remember this as we're going, though. Um, All right. Yeah. Now, uh, as a reminder to what we're doing here for anybody um, who's new or may have forgotten uh, each week. For this long one, who are these people? (laughs) Yeah. Who are these people and why are they? Why am I watching them? Um, Each week during the off season, we're doing pretty much what we do during a normal season, uh, except with a lot more episodes as it's, you know, getting there. Um, we, we watch the show and then take in all the available information since we're at a much later, uh, season. Um, well, sorry, later than the first three weeks, but, uh, earlier than last week. Last week, right. Um, We went back in time even further. Time is, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wibbly, wobbly ball of stuff. Um, We we have interviews. um, We have my own interview. uh, We have articles that I did and some other people did. um, But so we, we take all this information compared to the rules I originally wrote way back after season one uh, and have been modifying ever since. You can, of course, check out the most recent version of the rules at robhasawebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules, or you can get a shorter and much more colorful and fun version of the rules in poster form, poster form um, at tinyurl.com slash David rules poster. Yes. They are only $20, 11 by 17 size. They look great in a frame. As you can see back here, I have mine in a frame. And uh, if you are outside of the United States, just contact me through Twitter. You can DM me and I can make arrangements to get that shipped to you. It'll be a little more expensive, unfortunately, but totally worth the money. So you should definitely make a purchase. <laughs> and in addition to the poster, we have another way to get the rules. So you can always have them with you. And that, of course, is T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so just go to robhasawebsite.com or robhasapodcast.com and click the merch link near the top. Uh, sort the store so the new items are first and the shirts will be right there. We have both men's and women's t-shirts available. It's all great deals. You should jump on that. 
Now, Everyone seems to be shopping very heavily during this time. So this is just one more option for you, right? Yeah, I I have not been shopping as heavily for um, you know, clothing, um, but maybe we should put the rules on a mask. You know, <laughs> I don't know if they would all fit, but that'd well, be the other the other genius. problem is the same thing. The same problem I have with the Survivor branded masks, um, which is instead of making one big logo they made a lot of little tiny logos yeah. so if someone wants to know what it is they kind of have to like go like this to see <laughs> which kind of kills the, the whole purpose, point right. yeah. yeah yeah now mind you i still bought the survivor mask because of course well, you have to um <laughs> but i don't know that the rules branded mask would work because yeah would be like, we'll stick with this <laughs> yeah we'll definitely stick with this yeah um now uh so you know, no, no masks in the store. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I have a few things to talk about before we get to the rules. Uh, first, uh, we got to see Jean Robert. I know the guy, the guy who came up with the strategy to be lazy and a jerk early and get better. Now, it's a weird strategy. It is a very weird strategy that didn't exactly work for him. Mm-hmm. And he is literally in the rules listed as an example of what not to do for yeah. the fifth rule. Mm hmm. Very weird strategy. Yeah. But he thought he was pulling it off incredibly well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was very proud so of himself. He was. He was, Well, mm-hmm. Jean Robert is always very proud of himself. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, in regular life, in, in, in Survivor, whatever. But yeah. So uh, speaking of people who are examples of what not to do, we had Dave, the a-hole. Uh, he he self-destructed in some ways similarly to Drew, though you know not nearly as much or nearly as entertainingly. But I got to tell you, like we were talking about a few minutes ago, that you know I didn't know who was getting voted out when I was so happy to see him go. I was so happy to get him off my screen. Yeah, he was uh, a bit much for sure, mm. and I do think that it's it's hard when you are watching someone who is burying themselves so deep and they clearly have no idea that that's what they're doing. And they really believe that they are fulfilling everyone's expectations of them at the camp and they are being a leader and they're doing all of these great deeds and things. And they don't even recognize how they are actually just killing life Mm -hmm. around camp and just, and just really upsetting people and bothering people. So he was completely unaware of oh, yeah. himself and how he was interacting with the tribe. So that was that was kind of uncomfortable to watch at times, I would say. Yes, it was like, okay, come on, come on, get rid of him. Come on, come on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. but um, my but, God, yeah. he had to build that fire pit. <laughs> yeah. Stop talking about it. Here's a brick. <laughs> Dude, they're gonna throw a brick at your head when you're asleep. <laughs> it was a very impressive fire pit overly impressive as a matter mm-hmm. of fact yeah mm-hmm. although it withstood the flood but it did it did he was so proud of that too he was he was very proud of it yeah anyway um moving on from him because it's not why dave lost um although you just got a really shortened version of it um the the challenge that led to this vote the challenge in this episode mm. jamie was being so obvious about the throw i know but uh, she's so cute at the same time <laughs> yeah but i mean she was telling the guys doing the diving to take a long minute to catch their breath I know. You know, like, catch your breath take a long minute uh you know jeff probst jamie appears to not be concerned at all you'd never know there was anything on i know he really and was then, kind of blowing that up for them too well, that, like yeah, i mean yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, definitely the worst performance at a challenge yet. And when uh, picked up the piece and like handed yeah. it to them, well, like not that it would have mattered anyway. Right. But but I do think that in, in Jamie's defense for doing what she was doing, I think she was just so excited about the idea of this oh, yeah. now because we talked about this throwing a challenge when we talked about Drew and how that was a really bad idea but the problem for drew was it was his idea and his idea mm-hmm. alone and nobody in his tribe was like going along with this and the two other people that knew about it sat out this is a case where you had pg going to jamie and saying hey 
here's an idea. And there was a strategy behind it. There was a reason why PG wanted to do it. And it made sense when you looked at the numbers. And so I think Jamie was just so excited about Mm -hmm. being in control of something and being able to facilitate a vote because they hadn't really been able to do that very well up to that point. I think that that just kind of got the best of her. And that was why she just couldn't contain herself yeah, and did yeah. a very bad job. <laughs> yeah, and, and James was getting so pissed at them. I know. Yeah, that, that made it even funnier. He just I kept know. ranting and raving at camp, and they just couldn't keep it together at all. I you know. know. I mean... Can we spend some time on James, please? Just for a second, really. Sure, go for it. This man is the best TV, and... So incredibly likable. I mean, I everything about James, you just kind of sit back and go, oh, I mean, he's just such a hard worker. Everything he said about Denise was so adorable. I love when he introduces himself when you say, what do you do? And he says, I bury people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, but he was just someone said so, that to you. You'd be like, OK, investigate. That I person. know. But he was like able to, you know, it's just like I bury people. And but he's just such a likable guy. And so watching mm-hmm. him. And then knowing what ends up happening to him was just like, it's crushing just watching it because he's, he was so great out there and it was so fun to watch him. And so I was just, I was wishing to change his like course in that game. Like, please, James, <laughs> like, let's just change this. Can we do this? Can, can we do the butterfly effect and, uh, and change how James ended up going out of that game? Cause oh my gosh, he's just such great television and was so wonderful watching him play that game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, a challenge um, beast. My gosh, it was incredible. Right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, and speaking of the challenges, I really enjoyed the challenges. <gasps> right? Were there. I oh. mean, like the meteor hammer throw. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. Um, Everything yeah. was so physical, which yes. was incredible. I mean, they which, were just yeah. beating the snot out of each other for like multiple challenges. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was surprising. You know, it, we see that now on Australian Survivor. Um, a, a bit too much of it, if you ask me. Not that mm. anyone did, but hey, we're doing a podcast. You don't need to ask us. Right. We just offer our opinions for free. Exactly. Uh, but, but, um, it is interesting that, you know, U.S. Survivor has moved away from this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's they're worried about lawsuits or they're just worried about injuries or what, ex- why exactly they've moved away from them. But yeah, right. they were, they were so physical and there was, so much blurring going on. Oh, there was a lot of blurring. I mean, even <laughs> back at camp, there was a lot of blurring. But <laughs> my God, was it? I, I mean, you know, one of them stripped down to uh, do the wrestling challenge. That was Dave. And, yeah, Dave. And Thanks, uh, Dave. <laughs> yeah, some of them, un, you know, were stripped down. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen this many blurry spots mm-hmm. on my TV since I needed a new prescription for my glasses. I did love the challenges so much. And the first challenge that uh, when Frosty and James were competing against each other and had to kind of lead their tribe once they got all the bridges Mm -hmm. down, it it was like watching an Olympic sport. I mean, these two were flying through just doing incredible maneuvers. I was just watching this going what is happening? Cause I don't feel like the challenges are like that at all anymore. I mean, you've already yeah. expressed that, but it, it really, these were incredibly physical challenges, which is interesting because when you look at someone like Courtney, who was having, she was struggling because she's one of the smaller individuals out there. And she said in one of her confessionals, like, I didn't expect the challenges to be like this, you know? And for her, it was certainly difficult. Right. Because they were so incredibly physical. And for someone like James, he was just wiping the floor with everybody because he was a challenge beast. And those are things that he was really good at. So it was yeah. interesting to watch how different things were versus what they are now. Yeah. And it was interesting um, what PG said on the Wiggle Room, which was, you know, that that tribe that Courtney was on, once they won one challenge, they could start sitting Courtney. Once they, right. you know, one, two, they could start sitting Courtney and Todd or Courtney, you know. Mm-hmm. And so once they got ahead, they didn't have to worry as much about their smaller people anymore. Right. right. And it was it's too bad for someone like Courtney or Todd mm-hmm. that that's what ends up happening. But yeah, those Todd challenges were. Again, so. Oh, my gosh. And I, you know, I have to go back to Jean Robert for a minute, because in the final tribal council, when he 
completely shut down John Robert with the question that he posed to Todd. And, oh, it was a beautiful moment. So just if anyone wants to see someone take what was a very hard question posed and like a, you know, pointing his finger at Todd, why did you do what you did? And then just completely flipping it and making John Robert feel very good about himself. <laughs> and then also like winning John Robert back over to get his vote in the end. It was, it was a really incredible moment. Todd was mm-hmm. just very impressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else besides James and I'm sorry, I had to spend some time. There. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, I think overall it was this was fun. I I felt mm-hmm. I felt like this was a better challenge for you and I to dive into as opposed to, you know, maybe talking about Drew, why Drew lost. Like I feel like this one is something that there's there's a lot more stuff here that we can kind of yeah. unpack and go through. So I was okay. enjoying this this immensely. Yeah, well, let's let's get to that then. You know, as I said at the top of the podcast, many people felt Aaron was swap screwed. Uh, I gave you a little spoiler before. I'll give you a little bit more of one. They're wrong. Uh, there were reasons that Aaron was picked and targeted, and there were actions he took or failed to take that could have changed the outcome in his favor. Let's see what those are and figure out why Aaron lost. I think first, this is going to be interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just remember what my shirt says. I know. Um, the first and most important rule is to scheme and plot, of course. Uh, Aaron did some of this, though he didn't exactly come off as a superstar in this regard. He was part of an alliance with Todd and Amanda, but that was because they brought him in to act as a shield. Um, and he tried to do a bit of scheming on his Jean Hu tribe by telling his new tribe mates that James is the powerhouse and the catalyst of why they were winning challenges and also suggesting that James would be dangerous at the merge. Uh, the problem is that he didn't do nearly enough scheming either at his original or his new tribe. Mm, I do think that he came in with a really good plan. I mean, his idea was I want to align myself with a couple of people, which he managed to do. I don't really into the game, not into the swap. Right into the game. And yes, before the game started, that was his strategy going in. And I don't fault him for becoming part of, uh, you know, a trio because of two other people, because I think the two people that came to him and said, we want you to be part of this trio were really two great people for him to Mm -hmm. align himself with. So I think overall he was in a very good place. And I think in his mind, he thought, okay, I I've done very well. I've gotten my two others. We've got our little Alliance. We're going to kind of run the show. But I think part of his problem was he was allowing Todd to kind of do too much as far as, well, Todd wants me to be the leader and, and I'll take on that role. I'll welcome it because it fits into who I am. Instead of questioning Todd's motives, he just kind of accepted it as if, well, Todd wants to work with me. And so this is what we're doing because it makes sense. And sometimes even if it makes sense, you still have to question it. And Todd clearly had a plan in place and, and he and Amanda discussed that plan and what they were going to do with Aaron eventually. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for Aaron, he wasn't reading the room that way. And it, I guess it makes sense that he wasn't because in his mind, it seemed to align with everything he wanted to do. And he's kind of a leader type. So, all right, I'll let that I'll let that be. Yeah. And I'll I'll get to his leader type stuff in a, in a little while. But, you know, the, the problem is, you know, he did have that alliance at his original tribe, but he did not have a relationship with everybody. Right. You know, uh, James said in this episode that he didn't have any ties with Aaron and we saw them arguing with each other previously. Mm-hmm. But worse than that was what he didn't do on his new tribe. When I interviewed Aaron after he was voted out, he said that he and James tried to sway Eric after the challenge. But, quote, it seems obvious now that Eric was standing by Jamie till the very end of all ends. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. even today. You he know. put a ring uh, on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he needed to do more than that and he needed to do it sooner you should almost never wait until you lose a challenge to start your strategizing right but, you know aaron told me he and J- yeah that he and james were so focused on winning the challenge with their new tribe that they didn't even do that um as i said in my original why aaron lost article maybe he figured that be- 
between himself and James, they had it locked up. And indeed, they would have under normal circumstances. Mm -hmm. But nothing is ever certain. He needed to analyze the situation the same way Jamie and PG did and realize that he had to give them a reason to want to win. Maybe it wasn't possible, but we'll never know because he didn't go down that path at all. Yeah, and I could see that. I I do think that there was more things that certainly could have been done. I think that the fact that PG kind of took that and ran with it, and this is even after she threw the challenge, not even before. If we Mm -hmm. just talk about the the discussions that occurred after they found out that the the challenge was um, thrown, Eric went and talked to PG and Jamie, and they told him that they had thrown the challenge. And it's kind of at that moment where I feel like Eric could have been spoken to differently by Aaron and James that like, do you see what just happened? Like these two people took control. They took it out of your hands. They didn't even give you an opportunity to be involved in the discussion to decide whether or not this is what you wanted to do. And they are the ones running it. They're in control. And really out of the two who came up with the idea, it was PG. So they could have tried to flip the script a little bit and make him recognize that she's calling the shots, not you. And if you come with us, we can call the shots and we'll include Jamie and there'll be the four of us. So there was a missed opportunity, not only before, but probably after as well. Right. And also PG said on the wiggle room that James did a good job of sharing information and offering to join them, saying he could even bring Denise along. Meanwhile, Aaron said he couldn't give out all his secrets right away and he was acting cagey and that made PG decide to keep James. You know, this this is a contrast that shows exactly how a person who is put into a bad swap position can make their situation better or worse. And that is true. When I when I did the the swap on my tribe, that was one of the things that I talked to Adam about was who else I could potentially bring along with me from the Gen Xers. And he talked about who he could bring along from the millennials. So it was kind of a combining of numbers per se, like, okay, who do you have? Who do we have? And I think that, you know, unfortunately for Aaron, by trying to keep those things close to the vest and not divulge a lot of information, he really did put himself in a difficult spot because if they don't feel like they can trust you, then obviously moving forward with him would be tough. And James wasn't hiding anything. I mean, James was kind of an open book and he was sharing a lot of information, not just about the game, but also how he felt about what had happened. Mm -hmm. And he was much more vocal. And I think that that probably created more trust in James because you knew exactly what James was thinking and how he felt about things. And so I feel like between the two, there wasn't as much question with James as there was with Aaron. Right. So already one rule down and one very big way that he could have avoided his outcome. So not swap screwed. Well, Um, but okay. I'm not, I want to stop here for just a second though, because you do have to recognize that there are things with this game that are outside of your control. And there are people that are outside of your control. And he was dealing with people that were, I think more strategic than he was. And PG clearly looked at the situation and realized how she needed to approach the situation and what needed to happen. He clearly didn't do the same thing. So it's, 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 it's also a combination of, of errors on his part, but also being up against someone who was out thinking him at the time. Well, yeah. And that's still, you know, the same thing. You can be out schemed, you know, Mm -hmm, for sure. So, All right. Uh, The second rule says not to scheme and plot too much and to make sure to keep your scheming secret. Now, here we have some more problems. Uh, Listeners might be saying, but but David, you said he didn't do enough. How could he do too much? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, However, while his problem with not scheming enough occurred mostly on his new tribe, the problem with doing too much went back to his old tribe. Uh, Specifically, Jamie and PG correctly recognized that Aaron would jump back to his old allies once the merge hit because they knew he was the leader thanks to the kidnappings after earlier Mm. reward challenges. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that, see, this is where I struggle because I don't think that, again, that that was wrong that Aaron had loyalty to the people that he had been playing the game with. I do think that the manner in which this not even swap occurred. I don't even know what you want to call this. It mm-hmm. was it was very odd, was you know. Swap, but yeah. Yeah, but it, I I have problems with it just because it was it was so pick two people mm-hmm. and you pick two people and we're both going to switch. And 
you're taking someone like Aaron, who was in the majority, had the numbers, things were kind of lining up for him. He wasn't a very good place on his original tribe, but for being chosen to go to the other camp. And so that's why I think a lot of people say that he was swap screwed because over here he was doing very, very well. Mm -hmm. And then once he ended up over here, it completely shifted his game. Now, granted, were there things he could have done? Yes. But at the same time, what he was doing at the other camp wasn't necessarily bad either. So it it's tough because he wanted to be loyal to the people he'd been playing the game with. Right. But I mean, he, yes, he wanted to be loyal, but there's a reason that he got picked, which we'll mm. go into later. Mm -hmm. um, but it, the, the thing is, there, there's a specific corollary to this to rule number two that if any alliances get out into the open do not let it be known that you are the decision maker even to those within your own alliance if possible mm. and why is that because in survivor kings are made to be deposed mm -hmm. when leslie was kidnapped she told the other tribe a lot about her own including that aaron was the leader and had volunteered when she told him that she'd said that he said thanks for putting my head in the guillotine but the thing mm -hmm. is, he put his own head in the guillotine by acting as the leader. You can't be the king when things are going well and then suddenly pretend not to be when the peasants start revolting. Right. But I feel like this was one of those seasons, too, where Jeff was really kind of pushing for each tribe to have a leader because they oh, had yeah. their they had their book, whatever mm -hmm. that book was called. The Art of War. The Art of War. Right. So and he even basically like forced them to vote for a leader between PG and Dave at one, like, I mean, he basically at tribal council was like, all right, let's basically like pick a leader. And so I do feel like there was a lot of forcing of that on the players that they needed to have a leader because of this, you know, art of war concept that was being introduced by Jeff. Yeah. And there were a, a ton of issues with leadership. I mean, you had Dave, Aaron, PG, Jean Robert, Sharia. Mm -hmm. It seemed like almost everyone was either a leader or mad at a leader. Yeah. Um, and, and, but there were some people, the smart people avoided it. Right. Todd and Amanda, they, they figured out how to handle that. You mm -hmm. know, PG, she raised her hand at first and then realized later, Oh, this is a bad idea. And she backed off of it. Right. Um, you know, in, in Aaron's particular case, he said in the first episode, one of the very first confessionals that he sees himself as a leader, but will hold back. So he's not a target. And then Todd pushed that exact role on him and brought him into the alliance with Amanda as the out front guy to take the heat. And he walked right into it. Well, and, and that's what tribe, Todd did the election, basically. Right, yeah. right. And the other tribe knew it. Frosty said at the beginning of this episode that the other tribe was well led by Aaron. Mm -hmm. And Jamie said she trusted James more than Aaron because it seemed like Aaron had made enough alliances on the other side that he was set over there. Well, that's because they all saw him as the leader. Right. And right. he allowed that to show through to the other tribe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I don't I, I again, I do think that it's it's one of those situations where some of this was outside of his control. I mean, when you are sitting around your entire tribe and your entire tribe is discussing whether or not there's going to be a leader and someone is pointing to Aaron, you know, saying, Aaron, we want you to be our leader. It's a hard thing to walk away from if everyone is kind of looking at at this one person and saying, yes, we think you should do it, because then if you say no, they might question your motives for saying no. So it's kind of like a you're you could be in trouble either way. Yeah. But the thing is, the reason they looked at him is because he had already stepped up and shown that he was trying to be a leader. And that is true. I mean, from, you know, from the get go on the boat, he was taking control of the rowing right. and, and what was, what was transpiring on the boat. So, I mean, he certainly didn't do himself any favors. He certainly right. didn't try to hide and back up or back away from being seen as a leader. But, you know, it's, so again, it's, it's a matter of how he presented himself, but then also the other people kind of seizing that and Todd really thrusting that upon everyone else. Yeah. All right. Uh, the third rule talks about being flexible. How do you think he did with this rule? I, I, I don't think he did well. <laughs> I don't I don't think he did well because he 
I feel like he got comfortable. And I think he even said that at one point that he was feeling comfortable, if I'm remembering correctly. And that's like the word of death when it comes to Survivor. If you're feeling comfortable, Mm -hmm. then you're probably in trouble. And I think that he was looking at his position in his original tribe and thinking he was in a great spot because he was in the leader role. He had two people that were in an alliance with him. So he was feeling very good about that. But then you saw him do things that he shouldn't have done, I think, because he was comfortable and he would speak to people particular ways. He got mad at James over a crab and was saying some really ridiculous things about eating one crab and just stuff that you don't need to do. And if you want people to respect you as a leader, you need to respect the people that you are leading. And I think that that was one of the things he did very badly. And so he didn't have a willingness to shift his behaviors, I think, because he viewed himself as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think what you just said, and based on what we've already discussed, he was not nearly as flexible as he needed to be. You know, as I mentioned, he just wanted to win that challenge and mm. didn't think to strategize ahead of time. So because of that, he had no backup plans other than expecting the others to vote out James, I guess. Right. Uh, but you know, his game plan just seemed to be win the challenges, which isn't really a plan. Right. Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're back, so let's get back to the show. All right, the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control him. The one thing I can think of that Aaron did wrong here, um, well, I say the one thing, but he you already talked about how he got into arguments, stupid arguments, mm-hmm. you know, like the one about the, the crab. but. In particular, something that affected him now was he got into an argument with Jean Robert in front of Jamie after they kidnapped her. Yes. Which allowed her to have greater insight into the tribe dynamics, including who was viewed as the leader. Yes. And Uh, I do think that Jamie definitely used that information to her benefit when she went back, for sure. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, you know, again, that goes back to what we talked about in the second rule. Just like, you know, families should never argue in front of a guest. Tribe mates should not argue in front of the person they kidnapped. Right. And that, you know what? And let's just talk about that for a second. This whole kidnapping thing. I do think that that was another concept that negatively affected everybody who was either kidnapped or was affected by the kidnapping, because you look at who was kidnapped and then immediately they get voted out (laughs) because they had been kidnapped and all of a sudden there was some question of their loyalty and if they could trust this person or not. And the person who's kidnapped is sharing information with the other tribe that they shouldn't be sharing. You've got people like Aaron fighting in front of the individual they kidnapped, which again was ridiculous. So it's, it's one more thing that I think was mishandled by basically everyone who was involved in this kidnapping situation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the fifth rule talks about the social game and reminds players they need to pretend to be nice. Earlier, I mentioned how Aaron didn't really have a relationship with James, and uh, there was a secret scene that helped demonstrate that. Uh, thanks to Tailwind Woodruff, who was recapping secret scenes or what was called Survivor Insider at the time uh, for Reality News Online, uh, she summarized that at Fei Long before the swap, Aaron was trying to organize his tribe to cook some cabbage and fish. James watched and noted that Aaron had a smug arrogance about himself. Mm. Uh, He told people to do things, but he didn't do them himself. Uh, And James said, and it's getting on my nerves. Then James called Aaron out and labeled him as the king. Aaron replied that he didn't ask to be the leader. James said, you're the worst leader ever, which 
as as Teowin pointed out, just goes to show that James didn't see how bad Dave was on the other tribe. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, the argument uh, escalated with James eventually telling Aaron he sucked and only cared about himself. And, you know, these were the two guys who went over together to Jean right. Who, who. Right. Um, so, you know, that's not good. Now, I will say that probably it didn't matter because when James voted, he voted against PG. Right. And he mm-hmm. said, it's only because I stick with my original teammates. Yes. Loyalty. Not a bad thing, right? Right. So but, we were yeah. all team horn for being loyal, but it's okay if James is loyal. <laughs> yes. Well, because <laughs> James was loyal, but he was loyal in his voting, but he also told them, hey, I'll swap with you. I'll, And that's why they kept James. I know. Surprise. I know. I know. And he was like, vote me out. Send me home. Yeah. Maybe that was what Aaron should have done. Just like, no, yeah. vote me out yeah. instead. <sighs> so now the sixth rule talks about being too much of a threat. We already talked about how being the Phalong leader worked against Aaron and certainly, you know, made him a threat. Aaron said in his interview with me that he was, quote, kind of thrust into that role. Everybody wants some sort of leadership to happen, but nobody wants to partake in it. I thought I could pull it off as being that leader, but not not necessarily dictatorial, but feeling what the tribe wants and needs and going from that more like more of like a democracy. So that's what he said to me. As we saw, that didn't exactly happen. Also, it didn't really matter. Democracy, dictatorship. He was still seen by Jean Hu as the leader. And it went beyond that. Aaron also told me, I wanted to be a really strong force at the very beginning. You understand that once you become a figure that isn't flying under the radar, you have the target on your back. You want to be a bit player, but it's difficult to do when you are one of the stronger competitors. Mm. And that's just it. He didn't have to be one of the stronger competitors. He said he wanted to be a really Mm -hmm. strong force. He got his wish. Right. And, you know, and that I do think is part of the trouble when you're walking into this game and trying to figure out where you fit with your group. And some people that he was playing with, I think, were very good at pegging other individuals with how they were. And I think Todd was one of the biggest problems for Aaron is that Todd was very good at looking at individuals, sizing them up and making a determination about how that person could best help him and his game and was just very good about how he did it. And someone like Jean Robert, Todd handled much differently because Jean Robert did the same thing to Todd and was calling Todd out very quickly about how Todd was going to scheme and plot and was mm-hmm. going to be very good at this game. And Todd had to kind of flip the script on that. And so I think that for Aaron, again, I, I feel like he was in a position where he was being out played and outsmarted by people who were better at strategizing and then stroking his ego on top of it. So he felt good about being recognized for qualities that he saw in himself. And then because of that, he really couldn't keep himself in check. Yeah. Yeah. Now, on top of that, it went even further because PG said on the show that Aaron was smart, athletic and good looking, which helps people like you a little bit more. Uh, that he was crafty and holding a little bit back, much like we heard earlier. So his threat level just kept piling up. Mm-hmm. And as Tailwind said in her Survivor Insider recap, Jean Hu correctly voted out the bigger threat, Aaron. He wasn't as physically strong as James, but Aaron was also strong and a much more strategic thinker. Yes. Now, we already said he wasn't thinking strategically enough at the right time, but he was still thinking that way in a recognizable manner that PG and Jamie and Eric could say, Oh, he's the one we need to get rid of. Right. And we, and I already mentioned the fact that James was kind of an open book. I mean, James Mm -hmm. was telling them all exactly what he thought and how he felt. And so between the two, there's much less question when it comes to James and you know that James wants to win. And when I say win, it's not like he wanted to win the game. Of course he wanted to, but he wanted his tribe to win. So he was very loyal to whatever tribe he was on, but he was also not hiding anything from whatever tribe he was on. And so between the two, of course, James is much less threatening in a strategic fashion than Aaron was. Yeah. All right. Moving on. The seventh rule covers idols and advantages. And we are once again in a season that has idols. 
But Aaron didn't get any of the idle clues or even know that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we also use this rule to discuss the various rules of Survivor, as noted by, uh, oops, there you are, by you. There I am. Um, uh, and that would include a twist like the swap. Mm-hmm. Now, I will agree with those who say this is a terrible way to do a tribe swap. Mm-hmm. Because this method ensured that two strong members of the opposite tribe would be in the minority on their new tribe. And, uh, you know, this is especially the case when it was only three of the Jean Hu tribe who were already down a couple of people and two of the Fei Long. So there was very little chance they'd vote off one of their own unless there was really a problem on the tribe, you know, much like you and, you know, you, uh, Adam Figgy Taylor situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I do think if the same thing happened today, though, it is quite possible that the majority might indeed have been targeted one of their have targeted one of their own, um, much like you know you convinced Adam to do. But that sort of thing just would not have happened nearly as much back then. Right, and I think the problem too with this method of the swap is it does take some of the unknown element out of it because when everyone is just picking a new buff and you don't know which buff you're going to end up Mm -hmm. with, there's no control over the numbers at that point. So you could end up with equal amounts of old tribe mates on new tribes, or you could end up with people being, you know, one person from an old tribe and five people from a previous tribe together. So there's, there's much more of an opportunity to be swap screwed, but it's all a, like a chance, basically. It's it's a right. moment of chance. You're picking a new buff and that's it. And you just have to see what you get. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this type of swap, what you said is is the problem with this, is that it gives the other tribe an opportunity to just really remove two of the biggest threats if they wanted to, because they've got the majority in the numbers. And that's where I do think that there is an element of being swap screwed here, because it's not a random chance drawing where, where are you going to end up? It's actually a choice, a decision by one tribe to really get it over on two other people. And they are picking who those people are going to be. Right. And not to jump ahead to the conclusion already, but as we've discussed, Aaron put himself in a position to be picked in this situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't, you I'm know, not discounting um, that at all. Mm-hmm. And now, now, obviously he didn't know this was going to happen, but there could have been a regular swap mm-hmm. and yep. they still would have, if, if it had ended up this way, they still would have had the same feelings about him. Right. So now he would have had a better chance to be in the majority in that situation. But you put your out, like I said, you, you act like the king, you're going to be deposed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as this particular uh, situation, it is funny because Eric was actually the first one to bring it up on Jean Hu, mm-hmm. saying when they were picking people to come over that they could just get Aaron and then vote him off. Right. Um, and the rest of the tribe immediately jumped on that. But then it's funny because PG and Jamie, like you, you were talking about earlier, didn't even include him in the plan to throw the challenge. I know. And Aaron never saw it coming. It never yeah. occurred to him or James for that matter. James. <laughs> All right. I would love to meet him someday. That would yeah. be great. Um, now, Appendix A is uh, next up, and it's about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting and says to vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. Obviously, in this case, the tribe purposely voted out the strong. Right. But they were essentially keeping their own strong safe on the other tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, as PG said, you need to win the war, not the battle. Which right. is exactly what this appendix is about. So they made the right move to keep themselves and their allies safe. Yes. And I do think that PG was so incredible in her assessment of all of this because she talked about how mu- basically how much power they had. Mm-hmm. But it was all going to depend upon what they wanted to do with it. And because she could have looked at it and said, we now have the two strongest people and we are going to win every challenge. And you know, then we we don't have to go back to tribal council. But she was looking at the long term game and she clearly did very well. So for her, this was this was a great opportunity for her to throw down some strategy early on and really cause some damage to the tribe that had the majority. And right. so I, you know, I do think that it's, it's interesting to see someone like PG making a decision 
so early on in a game like this where you know throwing a challenge was not something that we obviously like and we talked about that a lot with drew and to see someone utilize it as part of a strategy like this in when you didn't see that happening that often was very impressive that Mm -hmm. pg pulled it off and even though they did very bad at pretending they were not blowing the challenge. It was still incredible to see her wheel spinning and really figuring this out in the manner that she did. Mm-hmm. I thought you were good at puzzles. I do Sudoku. <laughs> so it was really, it was a bad, it was a bad yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's about time to wrap things up. What are your final thoughts? Well, I can't wait to hear yours. Um, but I will start with something that you've talked a lot about when it came to Aaron. And that was something that he spoke about himself right off the bat was that he sees himself as a leader, but he wanted to do it as subtly as possible. Hmm. And clearly he hmm. did not do it in that fashion. Uh, he was so apparent about it that very quickly he was elected by his tribe to be the leader and he accepted the role very willingly and then forced that role upon others. Uh, So I do think that unfortunately for Aaron, though his mindset coming into this was a good one. He unfortunately did not carry through on the way that he wanted to be deemed the leader. And I think part of that came from just how he presented himself. He put himself out there and Todd very quickly realized this is the guy who people will follow. And this is the guy that I can take under my wing and control. And he won't even know that I'm controlling him because I will stroke his ego as I'm doing it, which is exactly what we saw. I think that Aaron was in a very good position in his own mind. He had two people that were in his alliance and he thought that this was going to be great for him. He's running the tribe. He's got an alliance. They're winning challenges. They're the strongest group. Everything is going well. And then we see this incredible swap plan, whatever you want to call this thing. And yes, there were things that he did wrong in handling the situation. There were things he certainly could have done differently, which we discussed. And I do think that this is a perfect example of how you always have to expect the unexpected when it comes to Survivor. Yeah, that's, that's Big Brother. That's the tagline <laughs> for Big Brother. I know, which is unfortunate, but it's true because this is a perfect example of it. So sorry, Survivor, for utilizing Big Brother's tagline, but that's what happened here. And you made it. You created it. CBS did this. Yes. And unfortunately, he was not expecting this. And he also then didn't handle it the way that he should have because there are things that he could have done. He didn't do But he got caught up, I think, in himself and he got caught up in the idea of himself and how he was going to be able to lead the charge no matter what tribe he was on. And unfortunately for Aaron, that wasn't going to work out for him so well. And yeah, he lost. (laughs) Now, As we've mentioned from the beginning, this episode was picked for the journey through time, at least in part because of the way Aaron was supposedly swap screwed. In my post-game interview with him, I asked Aaron if he thought the twist of swapping two people from each tribe was fair. He laughed and said, no, it was not fair whatsoever. But there's a difference between what's supposedly fair and what a good player can get out of. Did Aaron's planned game get messed up by the twist? Yes. But he cannot claim innocence because, as we've discussed, he, he very much put himself into that position. Aaron liked to say he was pushed into being the leader, but it's clear that was a role he took of his own volition. He was also unhappy that, as he said in his day after video, they saw me as more of a threat than they ever did as an advantage. But he never had a strategic discussion with them before the challenge about how he could have been an advantage to them. Aaron needed to try to convince his new tribe that he was with them and would not just immediately jump back to his old one. He had to get them to want to win the challenge because he could help them. Or at least he had to convince them to keep him instead of James. He did none of these things. Is it possible that a discussion like, uh, you know, about wanting to win the challenge would have been fruitless? Yeah, absolutely. But as I said earlier, we'll never know because he never tried. And even so, we can still look back to how he positioned himself before the swap as an additional problem. If he had not made himself into the leader and the biggest threat, then he wouldn't have had to worry about it. The swap was the final blow, but nobody can say he was completely swap screwed when he set himself up to be put in that position. 
PG herself this week correctly noted that there is almost always something a player can do when they're put into a bad situation. And PG at the time correctly noted that the game is about winning the war, not about winning the battles. Aaron concentrated on battles and became a casualty of the war. And that Ooh. is why Aaron lost. Look at you. Fancy. <laughs> I like it. I get to hang out a little bit with PG you know, this weekend. You did? Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, on that game. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, yes. So, uh, so for those of you who don't know what she's talking about, Jessica played Secret Hands mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, you know, heroes and villains. Uh, with uh, PG on her Twitch stream, as well mm-hmm. as a number of the other RHAP hosts. Uh, Jessica went in there and represented us. I did. Um, and, <laughs> and, well, you know, I almost, so, so I tried to coach Jessica a little bit. Yeah. And I, I blame uh, my coach. Yes. Well, I almost wore, instead of this shirt, I almost wore the one that you got me from the wrestler where it says why you lost with an arrow <gasps> pointing to me. Oh, so I almost that would have been that perfect. Because, I blame you. Well, yeah, but then you'd be blaming me. And, um, I know. Yeah, so, so, uh, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't, uh, listened. Well, let's not spoil it. Some people might not have listened yet. They may want to go listen. Um, but, uh, so we just spoiled it a little bit, you know, but we won't tell you what role Jessica had. Um, but, uh, it was, it was, uh, an interesting first time playing. It was a very funny, uh, uh, to watch, um, everybody well, going on. And that is true. I mean, it was my and Jessica Lee's first time playing this game. And if you are unfamiliar with it, it's very hard <laughs> and very nerve wracking, especially mm-hmm. since the first time I'm playing, I'm playing with people who have clearly played this game before, love this game, understand all of the nuances that go along Mm -hmm. with the strategizing involved. And I am trying to cram my brain with all of the rules and what do I have to do? And if this happens and do that and what happens next? And then also like lie through the whole thing. So basically I'm really No, no, you only told the truth. You (laughs) always told the truth. That's right. Only told the truth. Yeah. So it was, uh, but super fun. And I, I hope to play it again. I actually have been shopping on Amazon. I think I'm going to purchase the game because it really is incredibly fun, but it really makes you think a lot. So it was our first time. But I'll have to uh, get you invited to some of uh, Jordan Kalish's mafia games. Oh, all right. Anyway. Yeah. So I needed so anyway, you as backup. I needed you as right. backup. That's right. Um, although I might not have been on the same team as you. And I instantly knew from watching as the uh, <laughs> I, I was in a Zoom call with uh, patrons of uh, PG. Mm. And I immediately, and I also posted it in the chat there. I was like, yeah, I know exactly what Jessica's role is. <sighs> so probably it wasn't, it would have been uh, bad if I had been there too. Cause I'd no. just been like, she is this. Um, I'm not but, a good liar, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so anywho, it was so much fun though. So thank you yeah. PG for that opportunity. And it was, it was, it was great fun. So mm-hmm. anyone who did watch, thank you. And hopefully I get to do it again. They'll maybe welcome me back because I'm easily. Eaten. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, before we look ahead to the next episode that we'll be discussing, let me re- let me remind everyone that the rules we just discussed are uh, now available in both poster mm-hmm. and t-shirt form. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the shirt, again, go to robhasawebsite.com or robhasapodcast.com. Click on the merch link near the near the top and uh, sort to see newer items first. Uh, for the poster, go to tinyurl.com slash davidrulesposter2. And you should definitely order. And like I said earlier, if you are outside of the United States, just DM me through my Twitter, you know, which you can say, oh, I got to go this way, right? There we go. <laughs> Well, for me, I'd be pointing, there's your Twitter. Yes. So you can certainly contact me and we can make arrangements to get that mailed to you. Yeah. Now, um, next episode, as Rob announced on the Wiggle Room, we will be looking at episode six of Survivor Cook Islands. Um, I was going to say who was voted off, but it occurred to me, nope, no spoilers. Don't want to, you know. Um, Now, this is an episode I don't remember particularly well. Mm-hmm. So we'll just have to see how it goes and what we figure out. And if we still have time to watch all the episodes leading up to it. I know this is becoming quite the challenge. Yes. It just keeps building on itself. 
So I may just have to start tonight. You know, I may just, okay, let's go. No, it's a little crazy. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Once you join, you'll see that Rob does just a ton of patron only call in shows a month. Uh, plus, uh, you know, a weekly Q and a show with Nicole. Uh, some shows, excuse me, are live streaming to the patrons. Um, and you know, in this time when we can't go out a whole lot, uh, there's there's the Facebook groups to keep you occupied with a great community of people, including both of us. Uh, you could talk about Survivor, Big Brother, life in general. Uh, so again, remember to go to robhaswebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello. It's a wonderful group of people who certainly love all of the same things you love. If you were sitting here listening to us chat, then you'll probably love listening to other people chat and you can communicate back and forth. So you certainly should join. And Rob does so many incredible things for patrons. You get deals for all kinds of wonderful programs and and just great stuff. I mean, he, he even... I don't know. There's like coupons for things. I mean, it's like the most random stuff ever, like you wouldn't expect. But Rob takes wonderful care of his patrons. So you should definitely become a patron and support our hat and all the things that you love. Mm-hmm. You also follow me on Twitter, as I already pointed to my handle. Look at that. I got it the first time. Look at that. I am at Jessica Lewis 89 and David is at David Bloomberg. You should follow us both. You can get both sides of the story. And during the actual Survivor episodes, we do live tweet. And uh, Bloomberg likes to copy my tweets. So just be prepared. Hey, that. now. Oh, that fake news. I'm just saying. The evidence shows otherwise. Yeah, well, we'll have to follow I've us both. So I've, know. I've, even, I've even forced people to, to admit that they were wrong when they said you got a tweet out. First. No. Well, you know, let's let the viewers make that determination well they so did that- and they said david you're right <laughs> i think i've had some support in the past myself uh, so. i think you created those accounts mm, yourself no 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 <laughs> i'm at jessica lewis 89 he's at david bloomberg so again follow us both on twitter and there's a lot of great things that we both post throughout the week even when survivor is not up and running yes all right time for a hashtag um i have the perfect hashtag Perfect. All right. Perfect. Hashtag not swap screwed. Really? Yes. You think so highly of yourself that we are going to do not swap screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there was some swap screwing going on here. Just there was some. Could no, no, that's not before? true. Eric is a virgin. Mm. Or was. I mean, huh? <laughs> You're terrible. All right. If you would like to do not swap screwed, but I disagree. No, you did. You're basically agreed. No, I do think that it was it was not a good swap. It just wasn't, it wasn't a I, good swap, but he could have done other things. So therefore he, he certainly wasn't could have done screwed. other things. But if it hadn't yeah. happened, then he'd have been voted out at the merge. So So we wouldn't be talking about him right now, right? No, not right now. Okay. But Merge screwed. What you know? I yeah. mean, it could be but any also, number. if he had done things better, we wouldn't be talking about him right now. Oh, look at you! Just like James got himself out of it. But James was saying, "Vote me out." It's- I know. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even funnier. I know, poor James. Love that man. So, um, anyway, uh, of course, in addition to the hashtag not swap screwed, uh, this the hashtag for this podcast overall is YX lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that you're subscribed to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor or on your favorite podcatcher on your phone. Uh, we are also on the reality TV rehab ups feed in both places. You can find all the great content uh, during the season. You get the know-it-alls right now. Uh, you get uh, the wiggle room and us and the B and B. And, you know, there's all sorts of other stuff going on too. Is that it? <laughs> that was it. I, that was a that was a bad segue there. I was just okay. I'm done. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. You're so caught up in your own hashtag that you were yes. like, "What am I going to say now?" Yes. So I would like to say thank you to Scott St. Pierre who does all of the editing for here on Why Blank Lost, and also I think a lot of the RHAP oh, podcast yeah. in general. So thank you, Scott, for all the wonderful editing you do, both on video and audio for us. And also thank you to Will from America, who produced the incredible song that you hear on the audio version of our podcast. So thank you, Will, for that. And thank you, David Bloomberg, for another 
incredible walk down memory lane and getting to revisit all of the thoughts that you created way back when. And now here we are reliving them in That's right. the wonderful year of 2020. <laughs> yeah. We get to start the second half. Uh, well, by the time people see this, we will have started the second half. This is crazy. So, it's you know, crazy. Hopefully it's better than the first. Um, <laughs> although the first half did give us a really good survivor season. That so let's is look, true. look on the bright side. That is that is a good point. Yes, so, I'll take that. But also thank you, Jessica, for another great week. And uh, everybody, we will see you next week for another blast from the past. Bye. If you Bye. Are a survivor and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost.